Hallelujah. So today I'm going to start something. I, I'm sure I can't finish it because it's almost time again. Uh, hallelujah. I'm going to start a topic on uh, the Melchizedek blessing. Hallelujah. The Melchizedek blessing. And I want you to just pay attention because this is going to change something in your life. Hallelujah. I believe that the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. The Melchizedek anointing. Somebody say the Melchizedek anointing. How many people have heard about the Melchizedek anointing? Wow. How many people have, have, haven't heard about it? Please, be honest. Wow. Okay, now you don't have any excuses anymore. You will hear about it. Hallelujah. The Melchizedek anointing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm listening, Holy Spirit. Thank you. The Melchizedek anointing. Ah, I'm tuning into something. Hallelujah. Dash to what is it? Dash. Thank you, Spirit of the Living God. The Melchizedek anointing in the book of. Genesis chapter number 14. Ah, something is happening. The Lord wants to minister to somebody. And the Holy Spirit won't let me carry on. I'm trying my best to carry on. Everybody with surname starting by T, stand up. T. Surname, I'm not talking about name, surname. Surname. Anyone that is connected to July remains standing. If there's no one connected to July, you sit. Anyone that's connected to July. 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 No, I'm talking about the surname connected to July. I'm still talking about the surname connected to July. I'm talking about a T connected to July. I'm looking for that. 
tea connected to July. Because I know there may be many, but I need to go on and try to filter what God is telling me. Now, the, the, the person I'm talking about is, yeah, the name is strange. I don't know how to pronounce it. Father, I thank you. There are people watching us, Facebook, live stream, so I don't limit myself to you guys. I'm trying to minister wider than what, because it's easy for me to grab one and say it's you. No, I don't do that. Father, I thank you for who you are. The person I'm talking about, the birthday is in July. Yes. Father, in the name of Jesus, and the angel of the Lord is going to put something in your hands. There is grace that is coming to your hands. The angel of the Lord is going to put that. And you're going to see the release of God in your life like never before. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I can move on. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, Genesis 14, 17 to 20. Can we read that? Genesis 14, 17 to 20. It says, and the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Sheva, that is the king's valley, after his return from the defeat of the Chedorlaomer and the king who was with him. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was a priest of God, Mosai. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of God, Mosai, possessor of heaven and earth. And he blessed the God, Mosai, and, and blessed be God, Mosai, who has delivered your enemies into your hands. Hallelujah. And he gave him a tithe of all. Now, Melchizedek, we're going to articulate this around about four points. Number one, we're going to see who, was, who is Abraham, for those who are taking note. That is the first thing we're going to discover, who is Abraham. Number two, who was Melchizedek, or who is Melchizedek? So who is Abraham? Who is Melchizedek? Number three, what was the blessing that we call the Melchizedek blessing? That would be number three. So number one, who is Abraham? Number two, who is Melchizedek? Number three, what was the blessing that Melchizedek gave to Abraham that we call now the Melchizedek anointing or blessing? Number four, are we partaker of that Melchizedek blessing? These are the four points we're going to, to debate. Hallelujah. So number one, who was Abraham or who is Abraham? Now, the Bible calls Abraham as the father of us all. The Bible says Abraham is the father of us all. Hallelujah. So say, Abraham is my father. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, Abraham, the father of us all. In Romans chapter number 4, verse 16. Romans 4, 16. I want, us to, I want it to be a, a, a teaching so that we can understand. Romans 4, 16. Can you put that on the PowerPoint there? Mm. Romans chapter number 4, verse 16. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to the grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also those who are of faith, the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. 
So when you say, Abraham is my father, you are not telling a lie. Hallelujah. Because we are reduced the Abrahamic blessing to the Jews. Which is true. But the blessing of Abraham is not limited to Jews. The blessing of Abraham is for us all. He said, Abraham is the father of us all. Hallelujah. Now, Abraham was called by God when he was in a place called Mesopotamia or Iraq. So Abraham came from a country called Iraq. Hallelujah. Now, Abraham was in Mesopotamia. In Acts chapter number 7, verse 2, Acts 7, 2. I want us to read everything so that it won't feel that like I'm saying things. Acts 7.2. Let's read it quickly. And he said, Brethren and fathers, listen. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was still, when he was in Mesopotamia, before he dwelt in Aram. Now, Abraham was in Mesopotamia. Now, God called him, God called him from Mesopotamia. But the Bible tells us that Genesis 12, we know that when Abraham was called, he was in Aaron. Hallelujah. Genesis 12. If you read Genesis 12, you realize that Abraham was in Aaron when God called him. You are, you are not listening. You are not listening. Hallelujah. Abraham was in Aaron. Let's read. Let's read. Let's read. We are reading a lot today uh, so that you guys may know. Uh, let's read in... Uh, Still in the book of Acts, Acts chapter number 7, we read from verse 2. I want us to read from 3 to 4. Let's read Acts 7, 3 to 4. And he said to him, go out of your country and from your relative and come to a land that I will show you. Then he came out of a land of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Aaron. You see what I'm talking about? And from there, when his father was dead, he moved to this land in which you dwell. So there was two things. Abraham was called when he was in Mesopotamia. And they said he was in the land of the Chaldeans. Now, you must understand that this is the wolf, the same place. Now, the, the land of the Chaldeans was south south of a big land that we call Mesopotamia or, or Iraq. So the land of the Chaldean is called the land of Babylon. Now Abraham was there and he was called and he moved upward to the land called Aaron. And Aaron was still part of a big Mesopotamia. Do you understand? So he moved from one place. It's like when God was calling you, you were in Johannesburg. And God said, I will send you to a place. Then you move to Cape Town. Do you see the picture? So Abraham moved from one place to another, still in the same land. But God said to Abraham, leave your relatives and leave everybody. You know what Abraham did? He took everybody. God said, leave them all. He said, I'm taking them all. So he was in partial obedience. And partial obedience is disobedience. That's why God has to call him twice. 
Genesis 12 was the second time God was taken to him. So the first time God spoke to him, you know what Abraham did? I believe Abraham went to his father and he told him, God spoke to me. The father said, is that so? Let's go. Do you understand that sometimes you are so covered and so bound to your family that you fail to exercise the grace of the Lord because of your family? Sometimes you think you have exercised the grace, but you are under the, the canopy of a family. And I'm not saying you must leave your family. What I'm saying is that the influence, the spiritual climate of a family is still over you. Abraham moved. Now when he came to Aaron, God says to himself, if the father is still there, this man will not achieve anything. Then the father came to a place where he died. When the father died, God came again. I say, I'm telling you to leave your relatives, to leave them all. Abraham thought, my father is dead, but my nephew is here. <laughs> so let me take nephew, maybe how do, how do, the small name you give to people. Baba, papa, let's take papa with us. Hallelujah. So, so he took Lord and he went. And God said, I told you, leave your family. So Abraham, if you understand the calling of Abraham, you will understand the struggle in the call. Abraham is a picture of a struggle in the call. Although Abraham, the Bible presents him as a man that was obedient, but in the process, there was struggle. Now, I'm here to tell you that it's not because you are called that trouble or, or, or struggle is absent. Because in the process of obedience... There is a lot of challenges. Because you must take on the human factor. Hallelujah. So in the process of obedience, there are struggles. But Abraham went on. We are studying who Abraham was. Hallelujah. Are you still with me? We are studying who Abraham was. Now, you need to understand that, that Abraham was called a man of faith. Amen? He was called a man of faith. But who was really that man, that strange figure that appeared out of nowhere? Hallelujah. That strange man that appeared out of nowhere, Abraham. God created Adam, Eve. We knew about their descendant. Hallelujah. They went on the genealogy. They talk about, we talk about Noah. We talk, and suddenly, Abraham. Suddenly, Abraham appeared out of nowhere, like Elijah appeared out of nowhere. The only thing we know about Elijah is that he's from Tishbe. We don't know how he grew up. We don't know who was his parent. He appeared a strange man that changed the course of Israel. God is able to take a nobody from a nowhere to change the course of the history of mankind. God is not limited. God is not intimidated by where you come from. He's only preoccupied by what he wants to do with you. 
Now, where you're coming from does not matter because it can change the history. If it can take a crippled man from Lodebar and take him and sit at the table of a king, then God can pick you from the dust and sit you with kings. So when you talk about destiny, don't reduce yourself to where you come from. Don't reduce yourself from what you have learned, from what you know, and who you know. When God really wants to bless somebody, he will make sure that it shocks everybody else. Now, Abraham, let's let talk about, a bit about the background of Abraham. Do you know that before God called Abraham, Abraham was an idolater. He was worshipping idols. Uh, it's in your Bible. Let's read. Uh, I told you, because if we don't read, uh, people will think that, uh, that we are seeing story. Abraham was born and raised under idolatry. Yes. Like I said, he was born in Iraq. There was the town where Abraham was born was a town that is near a town that is called Nasiriya, which is in the soft, south part of Iraq. Now, let's read Joshua chapter number 24, verse 2. Joshua 24, verse 2. Joshua 24, verse 2. And he said, and Joshua, let's read together, one, two, three. Joshua said to the people, thus says the Lord God of Israel, your father, including Terah. Who is Terah? Including Terah, no, go back, we are, I'm just getting somebody. Including your father, including Terah, the father of, of Abraham, and the father of Nahor, dwell in the other side of the river in the old time, and they serve other gods. So Abraham didn't grow up in a revival family. Oh, he didn't grow up in a Pentecostal home. He did not grow up going to Sunday school. Abraham didn't grow up being taught by God. Abraham grew up as a man that only knew idols, my Lord. But when the time of God came, he intruded in the affairs of men. And he said, there is no any other God but me. Oh, he said to Abraham, I'm redirecting your calling. Instead of being an idolater, I'm taking you to be a man that worships me. I don't care who your family worshipped. Ah. I don't care the idols they are worshipping in your home. I don't care if you are from a Freemasonry background. Only the only thing I care is who called you. Ah, somebody listen to me. Who called you? God called Abraham. I'm sure when they were leaving, they took some of the idols. No, 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 no. We can, you know what? There is something that we cross-reference in the Bible. And what we do, we, we study the culture and we know what they were doing. Yeah. You do understand that when Jacob was running from Laban, Rachel still took the idols. Where do they learn that principle from? So Abraham stood, and the Bible says, he did not know God. He had never heard 
of him. And one day a strange voice comes to him. And he said, I am the Lord of heaven. I'm calling you to go to another land. Now, the reason why Abraham was called a man of faith is because it takes faith to believe in something you have never heard before. Or to believe in a man or some boy, something that you have never heard before. Look at, look at, position yourself like Abraham. You are worshiping other God. Now a strange voice comes and he says, leave them. How do you leave them? There is no, there is no, uh, how, how can I put it? There is no reference point for you. You have to be the reference point. Because there is no reference point before you. You start something that no one has ever done. And you need to move on because you need to believe that God has spoken. And do you know how strange it will feel for people? For you to stand up and say, I heard a voice that told me to move. In our days, we will deliver you first. <laughs> Hallelujah. So Abraham moved. Hallelujah. The man did not know God. But he had an encounter with God. Okay? Now, he goes to a land he did not know. And God tells him, I will give you the land. Oh, these are big promises. No, you go to a land with your family. There are people dwelling in the land that are mightier than you in terms of strength. And God says, their land is your land. I don't know if you know how land issue can destroy people. Abraham went to a land that was not his by birth. And God said, I'm giving you the land. And Abraham has to believe that. People, when you talk about Abraham, don't talk about him in a cheap way. No, this man had to believe even when there was no guarantee. What if that voice was a deceiving voice? You are uprooted from your country, 75 years old. He has already established his life. He's, he's, he's established in the land of Mesopotamia. He's established, he's 75. And God said, I'm approaching you. You, 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 are, you are on retirement almost. 75 years old. And God said, now my story is going to begin with you. Because when people say it is finished, that's where God starts. When people give up on you, that's where God receives you. You must understand one thing. That God is not interested in the fact that he wants to call you because you are kept together. No. God is not interested in your well-being, in your, in your welfare when he's calling you. When what God is interested is that are you willing? Because what God is looking at is people that are available and usable. So God said, listen, I don't care. I don't care if you are in a mess because I can fix the mess. No, no, messes are not a problem for me because I can fix it. Genesis chapter number one, the Bible says, and the, the, the earth was formless. Ah, and the spirit of the Lord was hovering over the surface of the deep. 
And suddenly God says, let there be light. God was not intimidated by the chaos in the world. He knew that give me that chaos and I'll do something beautiful with it. God is, God is the initiator. He's a beginner and finisher of our faith. So when there is chaos, he's very excited. Do you know that if a two artists rejoice when you give him raw material than when you give him a, paint, a painting that is already done? Because he knows that a painting, if he has to scratch it and paint over on that surface, it might not come out right. He wants something natural, something, and then he takes the raw material that he gets and he fix them together and he designs something on his own. So when you are in a mess, it's an invitation. Mm -hmm. Yes. The same way that dirt attracts flies, chaos attracts God. Because <laughs> God knows that in the midst of a chaos, I will take my glory. In the midst of the chaos, I will take my glory. So don't sit here and think my life is done. No, you are at the beginning of your life. I said you are at the beginning of your life. So Abraham went. Abraham went. And the Bible says that he was obedient. Hallelujah. In his old age, while he was in the land, God came and said, Abraham, I will shock you again. I will give you a child. Excuse me? I will give you a child. No. I believe you and I moved. But this one, please, don't push it. It's easy for me to move because it takes my leg. But how do you promise me a child when my dear wife is old, I am old. And the body, I can see the body is not in shape anymore. I am not in shape anymore. And you say you will give us a child. Abraham fell on his face and he laughed. And he said, let Eliezer be my heir. Let him inherit my estate. God said, I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about a child on your own body. Do you understand that God can make you a promise and it does not make sense? Do you understand that God makes promises that don't make sense? Because God is not making promise based on your abilities. He's making promise based on his resources and his abilities. So he's not intimidated by what your abilities are. Uh -huh. How many people know Philippians chapter number 4 verse 19? What does it say? Graham? Yes? My God shall supply all your needs according to his not according to your need. God does not supply according to your need. He supplies according to his riches. Oh, you don't catch what I'm saying. You don't catch what I'm saying. He's not doing it according to you. He's doing it according to himself. Hallelujah. Have you seen parents that buy a gift for their child while the child can't handle the gift? No, we have seen that. We have seen that. You will buy a car for a child that can't drive. 
Huh? He wants to offer you something. He offers you a house. It's according to his riches. Ah. No, it's according to his riches. It's not according to your need because you can have, you don't need a house. You can still stay with him. But because he's so full, ah, he provides according to him. Ah, you don't say something. You know, if I provide according to your need, I will just give you what you need. You know, one time somebody wanted to buy me in ministry speakers. And then I went to look for speakers and I gave him the quotation. And the whole thing turned to be 45,000. And he called me. I said, it's 45,000. He said, I won't buy it. I said, why? He said, it's my name that is attached to those speakers. If I buy you a speaker of 45,000, it, it does not represent me. He bought us instrument of 120,000. He said, because 45,000, that's your need. But me, I can supply more than your need. So, <laughs> listen, listen. So when you read Philippians 4, you must understand, God is not supplying your need. It's according to. Say according to. And how, how, how big is your God? How, how, how precious, how, how healthy is your God? How wealthy is your God? He supplies according to his riches in glory. They came for healing. They received wholeness. The woman with the issue of blood came to be healed. Jesus says that your faith has made you whole. He said, I can't just give you healing because the blood will just stop. But what are you going to eat at home? I'm making you whole so that you may be restored to your former state and even more. That's the God of Abraham. According to his riches. I want you to get this point. Say according to his riches. According to his riches. Not according to my, according to his. And not according to me, according to him. Whatever God does, his name, there's a signature of God on it. So why do you think he will, he will do something that does not represent him? Those breakthroughs that we have and tomorrow is gone, these are circumstantial breakthroughs that are not God. It's just condition of atmospheric or human, humanistic condition that are met in your life and you think you had a breakthrough. But when God gives you a breakthrough, it overflows and it does not stop. He said, even the anointing I give you without measure. So if there's a measure to your anointing, it's not anointing. Somebody must help me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Mm. Now, the Bible says, God said to Abraham, I'll give you a child. And Abraham was looking at his body, and he failed to look at the promise. You see, when God makes us promises, we must not be ignorant and fail to look at the one that has promised. Because human beings, we need to analyze our circumstances when it comes to the promises of God. We come to a place where we are so numb, our senses are so numb that we fail to know that he that promised is faithful. There was a lady I, look at, I listened to her testimony, I was blown away. She said, God said she will have a child. And she was 
over 40. She got married late and she was over 40. And when she was 47, God said, you will have a child. And she went on menopause quickly. I don't know what happened. And God said, you will have a child. And he said she was 49 years old. She went to a meeting and the man of God said, you are next in line for a miracle. He said, when the man of God said that, he did not point his finger at me. He did not talk to me, but God talked to me. So I didn't hear the voice of a preacher. I heard the voice of God. She said, I stood up and I said, that is me, 49 menopause. And he said, after the meeting, she went home like usual. But this time she went home with something inside. Her husband knew her and she fell pregnant. And when she went to the hospital, the doctor said, it's not possible, you are in menopause. He said, but you say menopause, you didn't say menopause, stop. <laughs> because, because, like I said to you, when you are looking at a movie, sometimes you pause the movie, it does not mean the movie is finished. So the one that holds the remote can control when to pause and when to play it again. So he said, God said, you say it was a menopause. So God said, he paused it for a while. Now he's playing back. What is your problem? And at 50, she gave birth to a child. Beautiful daughter. It is not finished until God says it's finished. Ah, say to your neighbor, it is not over until God says it is over. He holds a remote control. <laughs> He's the one that plays this thing. He's the one that knows when to get excited. This, this morning I, I came to give you hope. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter how long it has taken. Know that somebody is controlling this movie. And he knows the end from the beginning. So when he promised, he promised according to what he knows, not according to what you feel or you are going through. So Abraham was, was limiting God with his body. And God said, no, you don't understand Abraham. You will have a child. And when Abraham was 100 years old, the wife was 99 Nine, 90, yeah, 10 years old. 90, the child came. And they call, it, I, they call him Isaac, meaning child of laughter. I told you about the ridiculous blessings. That's what I meant. A blessing that does not make sense. When God is originator of this, he does things that don't make sense to human beings. Hey, hey. I say, hey, take a look around you. Do you think that makes sense? Look at this, the how this church is composed. Do you think it makes sense? It will make sense if this face was white preaching. Yes, yes. Because in South Africa, you see that. You see the white man with a multicultural church. But when do you see a black man with multicultural church? It does not make sense. It does not make sense. It doesn't, some of you even, you don't understand my accent, but you come. Yeah. Say to your neighbor, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So it means you are not here because of me. 
You are here because there's a greater source that is Amagasada. Hey, there is a power beyond this throne. Ah, there is a power beyond this altar. And the power is God Almighty, possessor of heaven and earth. I'm here to announce you the same God that makes things that does not make sense will move in your life. And what God is going to do does not make sense to human beings. They will try to reason, it will not make sense to them. They tried to destroy me. They couldn't. They took me a picture. The guy was so nasty. He came in. You saw I'm tall. So he lied down and took a picture. And I look like a giant. And I'm thin and with this long body. And he put it on the newspaper. And he said there's a prophet out there in the bush. And I look like a ghost. And he thought it's going to change. When he did that, he even activated the appetite of those who didn't want to come here. So everything that tries to stop you will become an advertisement for you in the spirit. I, I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. Abraham has a son. I trust to finish with Abraham today so that next Sunday I can carry on with other things. Abraham has a son. Hallelujah. He received a child. But then God put him to test. God says, offer your son. Offer your son. As an offering to me. Now, the test was not to offer. That was so many people think. The test was not that Abraham may be willing to offer. Because in Abraham's days, it was common that they offer children. It was common. It was not something unusual. What was unusual, it was like he was the only one. Uh-huh. That was the thing. That's why when God was saying, say, take your son, your own. So it was not take your son, the problem. It's take your only son. I want you to, to mark the word only. Only means it's all you have. It's easy to give to God. But it's difficult to give what you only have. The problem was not the gift. The problem was the state in which Abraham was when he was giving the gifts. It was the only one. I say it was the only one. If it was the second one, you could say, okay, this one will carry on with the promise. But there was only one. That's why he, 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 he related to Abraham because he also was ready to give his only... That's why he was, he, was, he was able to relate to Abraham because he was fixing to do the thing that Abraham is doing. Because God cannot ask you something that he can't do himself. So he said, I will ask you and I will do it to prove to you that I don't just ask you because I can do it. Abraham took the son, Genesis 22. Abraham took his son. And the Bible says that they were going for the offering and we're going to finish here. They were going to offer and when they came to a place, because remember, God has not been cleared when comes to a place. He said, I will show you. Somebody say, I will show you. I will show you does not mean I have shown you. So God was saying to Abraham, unless you start, you can't see it. Faith does not wait. Faith starts and God moves. Abraham 
didn't, God didn't say to Abraham, I will tell you Mount Oreb. He said, go, and I will show you. How many people will say, Lord, wait a minute. I'm an analytic person. I can't go if I don't know. How do you expect me to go when I don't know? Abraham says, I am going. And based on his senses, the Bible says, after three days, oh, I love God. Everything matches with scripture. After three days, because when Abraham decided to go, Isaac was already dead. Isaac was dead. Yes. As far as Abraham was concerned, Isaac was dead. The first step he took signified the death of Isaac. So while they were going, he was carrying the cup of Isaac. So from the time he left, the mountain became a burial place. So for three days, Isaac was in the grave. He marched with a dead child. And the child says, my father, this is a fire. We have the woods. Where is the lamb? Come on now. Where is the lamb? And he looked at the child in the eyes and he said, my child, on top of the mountain, God shall provide. I'm sure he was teary when he was saying this. Looking at the promise, looking at what God has promised you, and God is asking you, lay down. You say, Lord, it's only I have. He said, lay down. Lay down. Lay down the offering of a widow. Bake first the bread for me. Come on. I don't want to go into that. Now, lay down. Abraham was going. At, at, at that age, he was past 100 years because Isaac was about 15 years old. And they went to the mountain. You know, the mountain, I realized something about mountain. If the mountain is smooth, you can't climb it. You can't climb a mountain if it's smooth. If the mountain is not smooth, you can climb it. So, you won't reach God if it path is smooth. No. You need the struggle in the going. <laughs> because the struggle in the going matures you. So you, you, you are going, but listen, the problem with mountain is that if you compromise to climb, what you compromise will control you on top. Whatever you compromise at the bottom to be on top, when you come on top, that thing will control you. So you decide, I will struggle to go, even if I don't have help, even if I need to kneel, even if I need to crawl, even if I need to do anything, I'm going to the mountain. You may seem dirty, but you know what you are doing. They went, they came on top of a mountain. We're talking about who is Abraham. They came on top of a mountain. The Bible says, the Bible says, Abraham took Isaac. But you know that Isaac was stronger than Abraham. So it needed obedience and yielding from the part of Isaac also. 
Ah, he lied on the altar. Every blessing that is not yielded to you is not a blessing. It means every blessing that can control you, get rid of it. Ah, because the blessing couldn't control Abraham. Although the blessing has the strength to control Abraham, the blessing was submitted to the leadership of Abraham. So everything that you give, you receive, and you say it's God, but controls you might not be God. So Isaac lied down. He was tied up. The Bible says that God called Abraham from heaven. And he said, Abraham, now I have seen that you obey me and love me. You have not withheld your only son. So the problem was the only son. That's where the, the key lies. The Bible says when Abraham looked, there was a ram that was caught in the bush by the horns. Come on, does he remember something to you? Huh? The crown of horn that was on the head of Jesus. <laughs> so there was a substitute on top of a mountain. Can I submit to you that when you climb your mountain, there will always be a substitute? Uh, because the, the, the Abraham was ready. And then God said to Abraham, don't do it. And the Bible said, Abraham received Isaac back. On the third day, Isaac rose. <laughs> God was saying to Abraham, I will do the, thing, the same thing in this pattern. I will give my only begotten son. But three days later, he will rise from the dead. And the promise of the blessing will be encoded in him. So that by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we may be declared righteous by faith in him. So, so, so Abraham received Isaac back. And today you are receiving your promise back. Yeah. Hallelujah. So you come to a place where you understand, Lord, it's not about me anymore. Mm -hmm. God, God only moves on behalf of those who are able not only to start, but also to yield to his voice. In the place of impossibilities, we yield to his voice. I say we yield to his voice. I want to end up with his testimony. I've done it. I've said it before. Most of you know, for those who follow my teachings. When God called me to come to South Africa, and... Uh, he told me, I'm going to South Africa. You know, I went and said goodbye to everybody. But in the goodbye, there was no provision. Yes. No, I had nothing to come here. But I've said goodbye. Somebody asked me one day, are you serious? I said, I am. He said, when are you going? I said, I'm going soon. You see, because you talk like Jesus, you don't give a date. Some of you would like to give death too quickly. Then when I said, I said soon. I didn't give you a date. I said soon. So the people start to organize themselves to say goodbye. So the mamas of the church said they want to say goodbye to her. We were thinking they were going to give us something. These ladies stayed there for three or four hours. When they finished, they said, God bless you. I said, oh my God. God bless you. We're looking at your pocket. You say, God bless you. We thought you would be willing to bless us. They left. I still had my promise without provision. So by grace, 
God gave me the money for a ticket, not two, a ticket. And we were a few days before departure. So I said to my, my wife, we just got married, I said, I'm going to buy the tickets. So I went to the agent in those days. It's not like now. I went there, and the guy said, uh, how many tickets? I said, two. So I gave our passports, went to the computer, booked the ticket. He said, Mr. Yao, are you ready? I said, yes. He said, can I print them? I said, yes. Can, can I hear this, the printer? Chim, chim. Tickets out. He said, okay, pay. Oh, what I'm telling you is true as true. She's sitting, if I'm lying, she will tell you. I paid, I paid one. The guy said, there is a mistake. I said, well, he said, the money you give is for one ticket. I said, yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I know. I know it. I'm not ignorant. He said, but what are you going to do? You need to pay the two tickets. I said, yes. I've never told you I'm not paying. I said, I know. <laughs> so I said, you know what? Tomorrow, I'm coming with the money. He said, what guarantee I have? I said, take my ID. He looked at me and said, I don't need your ID. You're coming tomorrow. I said, yes. So I left. When I got home, I said to my wife, I'm going to visit my sister. She's in another town. I'm going to say goodbye to her, prompted by the Holy Ghost. I went to say goodbye to my sister. And the whole night, I thought they were going to give me something new. <laughs> <laughs> We went to sleep, <laughs> nightmares, because I thought, what are these people thinking? <laughs> I just came to say goodbye. Now you are not moving. The next morning, I stood up. I said, I'm going. You know, sometimes when you say you are going, you are not going. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm going. But you know you are not going anyway. Because even your taxi fare, you can't get it. There. So I said, I'm going. And the husband came and he said, let's sit. We want to talk to you. Sat there. And say, so when we were getting married, we had serious problems, so we couldn't help you. And uh, when you came yesterday, your sister and I have spoken, and the Lord said, we must bless you with something small. It's not much, but we can bless you. He gave me an envelope. It was the price for the second ticket. Hallelujah. I went back to the guy. I said, I told you I'm coming. Give me my tickets. Now I'm bold like a lion. Paid my tickets. Took my two tickets, and I came home. There was something that God was teaching me. If you don't start, I can't finish it. Are we talking about Abraham here? He moved. God moved. What are you willing to sacrifice? And what step are you willing to take in order for God to move? I've come to a place, and God knows that I'm not joking. If I've heard the voice of God, if I didn't hear, there is another case. But if I hear the voice of God, I don't think. Yes, even if it costs me, I don't think anymore. Because I've learned that when I think, I get in his way. Amen. Yes, 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 yes. When we bought this property, I heard the voice of God. I didn't think anymore. I put my name, and Mr. Abraham put his name when no one wanted to sign with me. The men say, I will stand sign with you. Then we can go to prison, the two of us. <laughs> and, 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 and then I call my wife. I say, come, we all going to that prison. So we all, we all went inside. <laughs> you say, what about your children? They will go with us. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Today I can stand here and by God's grace. I can tell you over 5 million, we only have 350,000 to pay. When you start, God finish it. Say, when you start, God finish it. Say to your neighbor. Say, say, say by God's grace. I will be obedient and start what God wants me to start. For if I start, God will finish it for me. Can we give a big hand to our Lord? Hallelujah. We are done. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The God of Abraham. I say the God of Abraham. So I was introducing you to the God of Abraham. One day by God's grace, I will introduce you to the God of Isaac and I will introduce you to the God of Jacob. So when you talk about the God of Abraham, do you understand now the perspective of the God of Abraham? This is the God of Abraham. That's why I said I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Three dimensions in God's operation in the kingdom. Three dimensions. So if you are here, before, don't go before we have communion because communion is very important for us. Yes, communion is very important. I've told you that I'm not a doctor. I cannot tell you do this or don't do that, but I can tell you I can inject you with communion. That one I can do. The rest I don't know. So don't ask me anything. You understand? Don't ask me anything. I vow that I don't talk to anybody about anything when it comes to that field. What I talk about is communion. Can I take a vaccine? I have communion here. That's what I can talk to you about. Forget about everything. You have your work with God. Don't well, you know, come here and talk to me. I know what I will do, but I don't know what you're going to do. Because every advice can either cripple you or strengthen you. You see, because if I give you an advice and I don't give you the resources that are inside of me, you're standing with an empty advice. And when trouble comes, you fail. That's why each one of you need to have a relationship with Christ. So that you can say, God said to me. That's what we're standing in. God said to me. There are some things in life that no preacher should tell you what to do. No. No. No, it doesn't matter his name. He shouldn't tell you what to do. You should have a relationship with Christ. That when you stand, you can die for it or you can live for it. That's my advice. That in life, get a relationship with the Holy Spirit. He will tell you what to do. If you have a true relationship with the Holy Ghost, he will tell you what to do. But my advice today, I can give you a job. That one I know. It's called the blood of Jesus. And that's why I was called for. God didn't make a mistake. He didn't put me in an hospital. He put me on a stage to preach the gospel. And he gave me some instrument. And that's what I can use. Everybody has his platform. So you have your platform. I have my platform. People have their platforms. From my platform, I'm encouraging you to take my job. Oh, you don't check what I'm saying. Mine, you can take it every day. From time to time. When I feel weak. When I feel strong. I can have two jobs free a day. From where I'm standing from. So we need to have communion before you go. Hallelujah. Do you believe in that? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.